I'm Kevin O'Coin. And I'm Brian Ackley. This is Life in the Rough, the podcast. And we are back. As winners. As winners. The postman. Did you get your winning ticket, Brian? Did you get it out of the mail? Cashed it. Cashed it real good. Cashed it real good. Also had him as a top 40, top 20. I yeah, I well, I said this last week during my ramble of yeah. how like how many ridiculous bets I had. Let me tell you guys, if you go back and look, your boy hit them fucking all for the most part. JT Poston top 20 was plus 260. All right. Cam Davis top 20 plus 220. Charles Howard plus Charles Howell, sorry, the third. Never heard of Charles 20, Howard. Plus 140. I hit three out of my four top 20s. And those were just the ones I posted for the people. I didn't even give them the real money winners that I hit, but that's all right. We both said we love JT Poston. You kind of got screwed. You had Tagala. He had a hell of a round for you on Sunday that got him into the into the top twenty. He fucking played his ass off. Like, oh yeah, um, still a dead heat reduction though. I thought he finished seventeenth. He finished 16th, but I think like so many guys apparently tied for 16th or something. I don't know. I wasn't, I was confused as to why it was a dead heat reduction as well. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's bullshit. If you had a top, like a T17, T16 with a top 20 finish that, or maybe I don't know what dead heat, maybe I don't know the full scale of dead heat reduction, but that's bullshit. Either. I, I agree. If, if he's a top 20, a T20 and there's, five guys, Ten guys. It, yeah I then agree. boom all right but he's below it no that that doesn't sound right uh, yeah i think you should reach out to DraftKings customers i think i might have to reach out i might have to reach out but the fact remains postman the postman what did you get the postman at to win by the way i had him at plus 4500 so Stay. i think okay. i got him late because i had heard from other podcasts that people had got him at 6500 what right which wow listen and and that's gonna happen with all the different sports books right like i mean i no longer use a bookie um i in living in connecticut like you're gonna be limited if you're out in vegas you've got like more options you have casinos you have more online gaming here we're really going off of just FanDuel, and um i I primarily use DraftKings. i appreciate sponsorship if they're listening but I I said we d- talked about it earlier on a, a podcast previously that like if you shop around between the different sites like you can get like a thousand like you know t- a ten to one difference on some guys. Now I don't really feel like going back and forth. Maybe that's just laziness. Definitely just laziness. Um, but I don't know. Like, yeah. I like so I I, I I do know what you're saying. I don't have the patience personally to do that because I would just be toggling between apps like on my phone and that would be super annoying. And it's really tough to do with golf because with golf, at least for me, like I throw in a bunch of like small bets. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like versus like other stuff, like if you're like betting like NFL or something like that, like you're going to throw in a few bets that maybe are, are larger size. Whereas like golf, it's like, I'm throwing a little bit on a bunch of different guys. I'm doing top twenties, maybe a couple parlays. And it's like to cross-reference all of that. It's just like, I just stay on DK personally. Right. So again, yeah. Sponsorship available. Holler at well, your boys. Well, and that's one of the reasons that golf is so attractive to bet on is because the, the payouts are so much larger, you know, you're, you're and a lot of people don't know what they're doing. 
not that like we necessarily know what we're doing quote unquote but like we know we know golf pretty well i would know i we we've crushed a good amount of tickets this year kev but Mm -hmm. what i mean is like if you want to bet the kansas city chiefs to win you know week three it's probably like bet 250 to win 100 right exactly and i get that it's a little bit different one matchup but like oh you could just have a golfer matchup and like the better golfer could be have much better odds. It just, and I, I guess that was a really shitty example, but you could bet a golfer like a hundred to one and they could win. You're never right. going to have that in baseball, basketball, football, it, it, any other thing. You, you're never going to get the odds that you get in golf. Right. Like if you're looking at like a, just a matchup, like a, an NFL matchup, like the difference between like plus 500 and plus 700 is like, like wow like plus 700 seems like a steal here but like when you're talking golf you're like if a guy could win like the guy's plus 4500 to win and he should be plus 2000 or something like that it's like oh like that's why i like betting golf yeah i mean we said it last week uh perfectly sahitha gala was 101 two weeks ago at the travelers and he was 25 to one last year at the fifth major the john deere classic Right. And like Will Zalatoris, for example, if, I could be remembering wrong, but for the U.S. Open, when I first looked, he was like plus 4,500 to win. I'm like, this kid comes in second in every fucking major of the last three years, essentially, and he's plus 4,500 to win. Of I'd course, hammer. I'm going to take that. I'd hammer his top 20 with like half, yeah. a, half a mortgage payment. Yeah. Like, come on. What are you doing? I, I will say, I don't know how I feel about him in the in the British. I don't know if I'm going to touch him. I've been all over him for the majors this year. I don't think I'm going to touch Willie Z for the British, but that's uh, that'll be next week's preview episode. The Scottish Open, I mean, is going to have a hell of a field. Yeah, you know what? Out of the what? top 15 golfers in the world, go figure. Rory McIlroy, being guy on my fancy team, is the one who doesn't decide to show up. You know who I think I'm going to touch for the first time all year, in either either for the Scottish or next week. Mm, mm. John Rom. Oh, this okay. is finally a couple of weeks where I think I really like John Rom because he plays that like that low power cut that just will like get through the wind, and he's had success over there too. Like I, I don't know. I think I think this is going to be the time that he does something, and I'm going to like him like to see him do it. Yeah, no, I don't hate that. Um, the tickets I have so far, I think it's uh, well, I know Kim Smith. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick and uh, Xander Shoffley, I think, are my the three winners that I have. Uh, yep, I going took into, Fitzpatrick too. Yeah, and listen, uh, Bobby McIntyre, guys, just watch, just watch. Kevin is going to be stewing on it this week when this guy pulls a, like a top ten out of his boot, and then Kev is sitting there like this guy. I've got twenty bucks on this guy to make the cut next week. Oh man, Shaking Bobby could Bobby Mac couldn't pull his foot out of his boot, Brian. So you need to shut the fuck well, up and take then, a hike. And then maybe his boots are too tight, but you might need to unlace them. I will say I also had Tommy Fleetwood too already in his pick for this week. So we're, we're really close, boys. Love that. Love that. Yeah. Um, so this past weekend, (coughs) oh, excuse me, Jesus, maybe I got the COVID now. Um, bro, you can't catch it through the computer. No, that'd be horrible. Um, so we went up to New Hampshire and Price and I went out for a round of golf at the 
so on the website, so I, I think I said this last week, booked it at this golf course says fourth ranked public golf course in New England. And I'm like, yo, that is 12 minutes away from our Airbnb. That is where we need to stay. Wait, how much was it to play, by the way? 65 to ride. <laughs> and it's a number four public course in New England. At 6.30 in the morning. That like that should have been a telltale sign right there, Brian. That's all I'm going to say. You think that I was thinking straight at 6. So let me just back up. I don't think you we... booked the tea time at 6.30 in the morning. Well, that I so booking the tea time was understanding the way marriage works uh, with children. And Mike and I were only going to be able to get out if we went at ass crack and we were home before the yeah. girls really had to, you know, take care of the kids in the morning. So yeah. what was wild is Mike and I went to bed probably like 1230. Maybe you can hear Charlotte screaming in the background. I'm not sure. Um, Mike and I went to bed at like 1230 the night before crushing beers, obviously. Um, woke up my phone up, shut off. I, like it was at 100%, but for some reason it was dead on the, like it was turned off on the charger. <clears throat> not sure why. Okay. Um, Mike, like I literally just opened my eyes and Mike was just standing in the doorway looking at me. Like he never spoke. He didn't say he was there. And I like, I just saw he was dressed for golf and I just got right out of bed, grabbed my shorts, grabbed my polo, went downstairs and grabbed my stuff. We were probably out the door in six minutes. I was dry. I, and I drove, I was literally driving in like six minutes and I was like, um, yo, thanks for waking me up. He's like, yo, I didn't do anything. Like I, like I literally like slid the door open and looked at you. And within like (laughs) two seconds, your eyes just opened and you just looked at me. I was like, well, that's good news in case like a fucking home in, you know, a home invasion situation is ever going to happen. I am, will be alert. You ain't going to catch me in my sleep. Dude, that's like, have you, have you ever seen the video of the, they're like, oh, when you have a late night, but you got a 6 a.m. with the boys and they wake up their boy and he just rips the covers off fully dressed for golf. Yes. That's what you should have done. You should have just got fully dressed. I know. And I, so the funny thing is I had an alarm set. Like what? I, I, I have no idea why my phone turned off in the middle of the night, whatever. But it's so 30 p.m. alarm went off. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Mike was like, yeah, dude, I literally was looking at you for like three seconds and you just opened your eyes. I was like, well, yeah, awareness. Can you have that effect go. on people? Price. Yeah, no, but um, <laughs> let me let me let me. I, I do need to take a second to um, talk about the selfishness of Mike Price. Um, listen, we are here as friends. We're here as family. He's got his son. We've got our daughter. We're, we are here spending a weekend together as friends and family. Um, he was very, and he's always late to things. So for the, the fact of the matter that he was up early, he was ahead of the game. He was able to stare to wake me up before I would have ever woken up. That, that alone was, you know, golf clap, easily golf clap. But we get in the car and I was like, yo, I'll drive, throw the clubs in. Cause I was almost like, I can't even sit in the passenger seat. Like I need to yeah. like be physically moving. You need and, something to like wake you up. Yeah, you yeah, right, play right. Golf. yeah, yeah. The ETA was like 12 minutes. I was driving for like 37. I, I wasn't really, but like, that's what it felt like. Um, yeah. We get to the course. Mike's like, yo, bro, I got a cooler. Don't even sweat it. I was like, all right, nice. 
6.30 tea time. We, we're drinking beers. Um, first, I, he so he brings an odd number of beers, first of all. Okay. I yeah. just, I, 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 first thing I said, I was like, yo, we, we, like, what the fuck? He's like, well, I brought a bubbly, like a seltzer. I was like, you, you, you think a non-alcoholic, like seltzer makes up for the, the one beer that doesn't even. He's like, like why do you bring the bubbly? Did, does your tummy hurt? Yeah. No one's going to drink that shit. And <laughs> then on, he now. brought one water. <laughs> and I was like, yo, how are you going to bring one water? He's like, oh, I wasn't even thinking. He's like, well, like you could have the seltzer if you want. And I'll just have the water. I was like, no, that sounds horrible. I was like, I don't drink seltzer. Like I'll, I, no. Anyway. Well, hold on. Let me ask this. What did you bring, Brian? <laughs> so they were all my beers. <laughs> So like he he packed. Okay, my that was pool. a key part of the story. You should keep yeah, your sorry, I didn't, so, your beers. So I guess I should back up. So he drinks Miller Light. I drink Bud Light. We grabbed a thirty of each the night before. He packed all Bud Light. So they're all they're all the beers that I would be drinking. So those are his breakfast beers. He said yeah, his, his breakfast later. beers. Yeah. Um, and I I open up the cooler when we first grabbed beers. I was like, Yeah, Yo, you grabbed one water. He's like, Yeah, I mean, you know. And Mike will do that. Like he'll just say something to start, but not finish it. And like, I hope you accept it. And like, I do like everyone does like you should. Um, Mike's a great guy. Don't fucking question him. So like four holes later, he opens the water and starts to drink it. And Mike, like he, I mean, uh, he doesn't stop swallowing. Like he, he like gulp, 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 gulp. And I'm just look like I'm staring at him. Cause I'm like, my fucking throat is raspy. I fucking need something besides Bud Light. And I like, he finally sees me staring at him. Like he was staring at me before I woke up and he was like, you good. And I was like, are you fucking good? He drank 70% of this 16.9 fluid ounce water bottle in one fucking gulp. And then he's like, you could have some. And I like, now I've got to rationalize the backwash. So like, that's one and a half ounces. Like, what am I even really getting out of this water bottle, dude? I was, he should have just taken the rest and just like taken his hat off, poured it on his head. I know. Ah, feel much better now. No, yeah. <laughs> um, no, but I, but I love Mike Price. But those are the things that he does without thinking that, I, listen, that's why he needs a little bit of guidance, but that is okay. This course though, I need ridiculous. Number four ranked uh, golf course in New England. Um, Glad we did a little bit of research after the fact. Thank you, Kevin. Um, So in 2006 rankings. Yeah, 2006, you you know, good good 16 years back. um, That is, that's more than a score. You know how like Lincoln, four score. I think a score is 15 years, 12 years, seven years. Damn, I really fucked that one up. Um, you, can't, you can't come in with confidence that ask me for the answer. I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, one. you're right. You're right. I'm not. I, that that was not good. You came but, in guns a blazing. I, I will say though, um, if something's ranked that high in 2006, like courses don't generally, like a good course in 2006, most good courses from that year are probably still really nice courses now. You'd, you'd like to think. So I apologize. A score is 20 years. Um, now okay, that we know so less than a score. Yeah. So less than a score. Well, 80% of a score ago. Yeah, so <laughs> fuck this course. So in 2006, when I was a, a senior in high school, this was a gem, apparently a gem. Okay. Um, and what we played on was a cow pasture that had 18 greens and 
what I would consider like 12 tee boxes. Um, mm. we, we hit off of 18 areas, but like, dude, some of the tee box, like we we're literally on a mound. Like one of them, it was a complete dirt patch. Like, and what was real frustrating, Kev, is so the course, the blues were like 6,300. The yeah. whites were like 5,600. The reds uh-huh. were like 3,900. Like the course made no fucking sense. Like on the last hole, it was a par four. From the reds, it was a buck 30. Um, the, what the, tees did from, you guys end up playing? We played the blues. Okay. And we should have, like, we should have played the whites just for fun and because of how in the state we were in, we probably should have played yeah. the whites. But, like, I'm talking about uh, par three, flag is playing 194, carry is 190. Legit carry, all marsh, complete water. Like, you're not, you can't look for your ball. Right. And the, the entire course was like this, like it was like carved out of the mountains. So like if your ball was three feet off of the rough, it was just in the woods, like ball is uh, gone. Like, so it, you would say, even if the course was in good shape, would you consider it to be like a nice, like a good course, like layout wise? Well, if the, if the, like, if it was in good shape, I would have to consider it a good course. No, like, I mean, the I, I, that's not what nice, I, the green layout, was like the layout did like, you think the layout was a, a cool. It just, it, no, like you're driving through holes and it's like bulldozed rooted, uprooted trees, yeah. mounds of dirt. Like it was like maybe in 2006 is when they fucking built the course. I don't know. Like the, the amount of construction they were doing in between every hole and like um, I couldn't imagine walking it. Like sometimes you were like driving two minutes in a golf cart to the next tee box. Like, wow! Imagine walking that. Like, um, Dude, imagine maintaining a course. Well, like that. oh, it's yeah, got to be impossible. And here's another one, Kev. So on one of the holes, and I, I'm embarrassed to say I told you this earlier. I don't even know what I shot. Like we weren't really keeping score. We were definitely inebriated. Um, but. We like we weren't keeping score, and then when we did, and then I tried to backtrack what my scores were. I had an idea, and then we forgot the scorecard. So like literally, yeah. just completely fucked. Yeah. But on one hole, it was like a four hundred and twenty yard hole, like downhill. How long? Like four twenty. Okay, I didn't notice it four twenty or one twenty. So sorry, I figured sorry, that was sorry. that was an important uh, um, clarification. On um, and like we finished the hole, and Mike's like, I got a five. And I looked at the scorecard. I was like, it says this is a par five. Like the scorecard literally said that hole was a par five. My watch said it was a par four. Mike was 130 yards out after his tee shot. I was like, yo, I, I get that sometimes par fives are a little bit easy. Like there are a couple yeah. on, at Blackledge. Like if you really rope one, you can be like 150 in. Yeah. But that like they have uh, forced carries. They have trees in the way. They're, like this was just a straightforward hole that was a little downhill and he, not like, that long. Like no. I mean, it's a long par four for our standards, but if it's downhill, that's not long. But how are you going to like, how are you going to be handing out misrepresented like scorecard? It makes me think that the, the course played differently. I don't know how it would have because it was so like carved out of the woods, but I don't know. Wasn't, wasn't a fan. Yeah. I still bought a ball. Um, but 
it, it was fun. Don't get me wrong. Me and Mike had fun. We still played in like three hours and 15 minutes. Were you the first group out? Like you must. So, Hall, so, oh, I'm glad you asked. So, we we're the second group out. I think there was someone that was supposed to play with us. This guy was wearing this huge bucket hat in a, in a golf cart with a handicap sign. Um, he looks back at us after he's only like 75 yards off the tee box in the left rough. And he looks back. He's like, do you guys want to play with us? And we both look at each other like, no, fuck that. Like, no, yeah. that, that that looks like it's going to be a horrible time. No, man. What a weird time to ask. Too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, the first thing. So Mike was like, nah, man, we're good. You go have fun. <laughs> and that just made me laugh. And then he's like, all right, well, it's going to be a slow round. And me and Mike look at each other and we're like, wait, for who? Like, are you saying you suck and it's going to be slow or what? Yeah. Anyways. We didn't really ever see this guy again. He went in. He must have paired up with somebody. The group that there was like a twosome in front of him, I think. Uh, yeah. He paired up with him. They went in for a drink or a burger or something at the turn. We passed them. And then we never saw him again. And he, he fucking says to us on the T-Box of 10, he's like, I didn't appreciate you hitting us into us on the par, uh, into the par five. And Mike was like, what? He's like the sixth hole. Mike's like, what hole is six? Guy's like, well, after five, like, I, like, bro, we've never played here before. Uh, and he's like, well, don't worry, it was fifty yards into the woods. Uh, well, then he didn't hit into you, my right. guy. Like, exactly. He he hit a ball that went nowhere, fucking near where he should have had it, and maybe directionally it came towards the hole because it was super deep into the woods. Like, right, like it's one thing if he lands it in your fucking pocket, like. It's not... And he like so he says like he he brings it up, says it's not a big deal. Brings it up, says that it was in the woods, so it's not a big deal. I look back, I was like, well, so it's a big deal. And he's like, yeah. no, no, it's it's not a big deal. And we drove away, and we never saw him again. Me, we we cruised like, and we cruised. Mike probably lost. My actually net, Mike probably gained like six balls, but <laughs> but. It was all like pinnacles, nitros, top flight. Like the people that play this course realize that like it's constantly like a 180 carry. Everything like the fairways are like 20 yards wide. And then it's just like I said to Mike after I was like, bro, we shouldn't have even come out here with anything but an iron, like but irons. And we yeah. would have been absolutely fine. He was like, dude. Yeah, but who's want to hit the big stick? I was like, yeah, I know. But when they're fucking four dollar and fifty cent Pro V ones, I'm pretty pissed that yeah, the, keep those like, in the bag, dude. On one of the holes, it was a dog leg left, and the the um the tee box is pushed back. There's brush. Uh, there's trees on the right hand uh, left hand side. The right is completely open. So I put tee up on the right hand side. I put my fade as good as I can. I hug the left hand of those trees and it stays straight. Perfect fucking tee shot. I turn around, dap up Mike. We're both like, hell yeah. We walk 20 yards to the right. There's this huge fucking pond that like, that, like on a dog leg, leg like that, like where the tee box gives you the opportunity to put the ball. Like you wouldn't have a pond there. Like, it sounds like there shouldn't be a course on this piece of land. No, it's no. There was a lot of things I was just upset with. Like, yeah. no, don't worry, you only need your driver on four holes. I, what? Um, yeah, didn't didn't. Love so you didn't it. play well. No, I I wouldn't <laughs> say yeah. No, didn't play well. 
probably, I mean, uh, I had a handful of pars, but I also lost a handful of balls. Um, it was all red stakes, so it wasn't like have to repeat okay. hit three kind of thing, but it it was still just kind of so yeah. frustrating. Like, I hate golf like, like that's that, That's a great dude. shot, and then you get up there, and you're like, oh, awesome. Like, it's... the Golf in the mountains is probably the hardest style of golf to play because like every fairway you're hitting them to it's not is it only just narrow but like they're usually slanted one yep. way or the other so you have to land it in the perfect spot or it's like a short par four and like if you haven't played the course before you have no idea what you're supposed to hit like you said you had no idea that fucking pond was there you know what i mean like it's just it's spot like we have spot golf on flat courses but when it's spot golf in a situation like that with elevation change and things are sloped all over the place it's so fucking hard and not to mention if conditions suck it's even harder. Dude, I just felt like, let's call it a 6,200-yard golf course. Yeah. I felt like it was like 1,100 yards of grass. <laughs> no, like I'm dead serious. <laughs> just the greens and the tee boxes and like 40 yards like, of fairway each hole. Yeah. Basically. Like I, I, yeah. I truly felt that that's how it was. Every single hole had unbelievable force carries. There was a par five. I didn't hit my drive. I mean, it wasn't great. I probably hit it like 235. I fucking it it hung out to the right a little bit. I had to hit two shots to a layup of 150 or nah, like 130 because of like an 120 yard carry, like dead carry of marsh. And I was wow. like, like, I'm not gonna try to hit a three wood into that. The ball's never gonna like for yeah. my second shot, I mean, I could have hit the first one and then tried to hit a three wood into it, but like your balls never gonna stick going in at that trajectory. So I like, I just, Mike and I were not having fun to begin with it. We, we teed off at like six 35 in the morning. I, he woke me up at six 13 in the morning. Um, you could just recipe for disaster for the boys. Recipe for disaster. Had a great weekend. Had a great weekend. overall. Okay. Great, okay. great, great time on the lake. We were playing this game. We were, we were doing chipping, uh, chipping. On, I brought my, uh, my, uh, driving range mat, not the big one, the like one by three mat. Yeah, up there we were we were hitting balls into the into the into the um tubes the the pool tubes that okay. we brought up. We were playing some good golf games. So I mean, we were swinging when we weren't swinging. Nice piss. Well, it uh, sounds like you had yourself a nice little Fourth of July weekend. It's great. Got up there Friday. Didn't leave till Tuesday. That's kind of how my weekend went, except for I got into my bed on Friday and I didn't get out of it until Tuesday because I got fucking COVID. So that was fun. Um, So I had grand plans this whole weekend, Brian. I had really, really grand plans. I was going to play. I was getting out of work at noon on Friday. I was going to play 18 with Pat Tats. And then I had tea time booked for Saturday, tea time booked for Sunday. was probably going to do 36 at least one of those days, maybe even both. Um, of course I woke so. up woke up Friday morning. I wasn't feeling great. I thought I just had a little allergy thing going on. So I did play my, my, uh, my Friday afternoon round with Pat Tats, which was fantastic. Um, but by the time I got home and like took a shower and like laid down, I was like, oh God, I'm done. And then Julia got home from work, brought home a test, took a test, positive, not good. I, I still feel like shit. But the fact remains, I did play one round of golf. Um, I need to talk to you about it. Love it. 
So we're back at stadium. I've mentioned stadium, shorter course, no bunkers. Um, we usually play the whites, but Pat Tats and I played the blues because the blues are only 6,300 and um, the rating on the whites it's so it's a par 71 and the rating on the whites is a 67.4. So if you play oh, wow. a good round from the whites, like you still like fuck your handicap. So like the difference in it's a 300 yard difference from white to blue. And I'm like, it's, it's going to hurt our handicaps more to be playing the white tees than the blues. You know what I mean? Even the yeah. blues are 69.1. So they're still two under par. Right. That's, that's crazy. Is it super elevated? Like why, why does the course play so easily or rank so easily? I think it's, it's not super long. There's no bunkers. There's no real areas to get, like there's no OB. Like there's a handful of holes that really have OB and like, it, like if you go OB on those holes, like you had a really bad shot kind of thing. Like there's nowhere to really lose a ball. It's a pretty, it's a pretty straightforward course. Like it's not super complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, like this, this is where I shot 73. Okay. Like, I, I mean like, yeah, like I played great. Like it's not like I didn't play well, but like if I played that same level of golf at say colony, I probably would have shot 76, 77 kind of thing. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, but yeah, it's just shorter course, no bunkers. Like I will say the greens are really quick. Um, the course itself is just always dry. I think I mentioned this on here before. Like the course drains better than any other course I've played. Like we've literally played in the rain like, while it's raining and the course is dry. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Um, but either way, get out of work at noon. We have a 1230 tea time um, Friday, at least up here, dude. It was fucking hot as shit. It was like super hot. Nine, 97 degrees. Um Bear in mind, like, I don't feel great. I think I'm just having, like, allergies. Like, my head is, like, pound. Like, basically, I feel like my head is, like, swelling up. Like, I don't know what's going on. But I'm like, all right, we're, we're here to play golf. It's, well, yeah, turns out that's what it was. But, like, so, like, that's how I feel. It's hot as fuck. I'm just like, I'm like, I just don't feel good. Um, Teeing off a 10, going off on the back. So, now I'm like, all right, well, what the fuck's going on? I've never done this here. Um, but I... Um, hit a great tee shot right down the middle, left side of the fairway. Um, I hit the green. So I hit fairway, hit green, and then I three putt on my first hole. So I feel like oh. an absolute asshole. Yeah. Pin was in a tough location. Um, I hit a pretty good first putt, left myself like five feet, but like, it, like on a slope. So it was a tough putt. Um, next hole, par four, uh, just or missed the fairway, missed the green, but hit a great chip to like eight feet, make the putt par. Third hole, par three, long par three, like 200 yards. I pitched the ball to about 18 inches from the hole and it releases and rolls like 20 feet past. Two <laughs> yeah, it was a sick shot, dude. It, it, so the card says 200. Now that I'm thinking about it, it was like 182 or 180. I hit a six iron. I, can, that's all I remember. Can I interject real quick? Um, yeah. This reminds me. So on um, in the first two, uh, sorry. On holes two and three, when we were playing, Mike okay. blacked out. He hit the flag stick from 150 out on two straight shots. No way. Bro, like in the air, like these balls were going to fly like 30 yards past the fucking. Oh, like line. they were line drives. <laughs> Bro, he and dropped 
eight feet each time. Like wow. I was like, bro, you're dialed in. You are that's, dialed in. <laughs> that's fucking awesome. Dude, that's funny because Pat, like we've been joking about it with Pat Tats. I said it earlier this year. I'm like, dude, you told like, me. Yeah, he's probably hit with literally 10 pins. I hit one this year. I, I hit one on a chip and it landed like four feet from it. It, it was a good. I, I oh, on a chip? It. Yeah. No, I'm talking like he's hit like no, 10 no, pins I know. like over 100 yards but out. Like it's, it's just ridiculous. It's I know. Not I know. Every round you hit a pin. I'm just no, saying. I know. I know. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, just don't, I just don't want you to feel like you're too cool, is all. Uh, <laughs> anyway, fourth hole, par four, hit fairway, hit green, two putt par. Next hole, um, pull my drive a little bit left, just off the fairway, hit the green, two putt par. Par three, miss the green, get up, don't get down. That's a bogey. Next hole, par five. I So from the whites, we usually try to like cut this corner and like throw it up over these trees, but we were way back on the blue. So I'm like, I'm just going to try to hit like a, a hard one straight, maybe try to hit a bit of a, a hook to get around the corner. I basically just hit my drive too good and hit it through the fairway and it bounds into like the woods. I find my ball, but I can't really put a swing on it. So I take an unplayable. Okay. End up making a double bogey. Honest guy right there. Honest guy right there. Yeah. But I was pissed dude. Cause like I'm playing good golf at this point. Like I'm hitting the ball, especially with my irons and my wedges. This is my best ball striking round of the year so far. Um, Sounds like we need a major. No, I'm not opposed to having a major sometime soon. But yeah, like I'm I'm two over through six and I make a double bogey on seven. So I'm pissed about that. But uh, followed up with a par on the next hole and then I bogey nine, which is 18, which is our ninth hole for um, to leave with a 41, five over 41. Um, Make the turn. I par 10. First time I've ever parred the hole. Every time I played this course, I always fucking bogey it, and I don't know why. It drives me nuts. Pretty straightforward, short par four. Um, I then proceed to – so I double bogey 11, which is the two on the course. I hit this crazy pop-up hook drive that literally ends up like – I, I, I wish you knew the course so I could explain it to you, but I'm probably – 250 yards out from our green but i'm on another hole so the woods that separates the two holes is between me and my hole and and i try to get a little cocky and just rip a seven iron like over the trees i should hit an eight iron because i hit the top of the tree and it drops straight down so i have to punch out again i end up making a double bogey um then from there the very next hole i um, drive it through the fairway hit a good ball to about three feet, hit the swinger for birdie. Um, bogey the next hole, which is not great. And then I go par, par, birdie, par, par. So I walk out with a – You not have a scorecard in front of you? No, I do, but I didn't write down my total score. Par 35, I shot a 36 on the back, one over to shoot a uh, six over 77 two birdies on the back love the birds love the birds yeah so i think what i've decided is that i just need to have covid to play good golf um all right think about that um 
could be tough. Could be tough to. Uh, it might be hard to sustain that with the social distancing that should be taking place. But uh, dude, I felt so bad, dude. I I had to text Pat Tats like Friday night. I'm like, dude, I, like, I'm sorry. It's the <laughs> like, worst. I know. And usually the response is like, I don't care, bro. Whatever. So he, he took a couple. Of t- he's negative. Like he's fine. Like luckily, like we're, we're all good. Like he he's been on vacation for like he took a bunch of time off. Like him and his him and his fiance went down to New Jersey. They came back. He's legit played golf like six days in a row. Like he's he's totally fine. Um, but yeah. Either way, I felt bad for Pat Tats. Um, but either way, taking away from my round. So this time of year, like usually around this time, maybe like in the next week or two, I just always tend to go into a lull and just like play like shit for about like a month. Don't do that. And no, well, what I was going to say is I feel like I've already had that period. Like I felt like like, the last month I've been playing really shitty and like just like couldn't figure my shit out. But I feel like now I feel like I'm in a good spot with my golf game. Um. So I'm feeling very optimistic right now. I will say it was a kick in the balls. When I logged that 77, my handicap went up 0.2 points because I had a 75 coming off. I mean, that like those are problems like when uh, it's like I make so much money, I get taxed more. Like, sorry, Kev. No, well, no, like, I, I, no I do, I do know what you're saying. So you're so good that your handicap went up. Because you shot a 76. No, I know. I do understand that. <laughs> but my my whole thing, like going into this year, I was like, so this was stupid. Because like my whole thing, I was like, I want to get to like, I think I said I wanted to get below like a five because I was at a six and a half when I started off the year. I should have known that was a lofty ass fucking goal because I got to a six and a half at last fall because I just played out of my mind and shot four over like three times in the last month I was playing golf. But, well, but what were you gonna have a goal of like a shittier handicap? Like, well, that's well, the thing. I'm yeah, a, I'm a six now. I hope to get to an eight by the end of the year. Well, that's right. a hashtag sandbagger, you son of a bitch. No, no, I, I get it. I get it. But, I get it. But like, yeah. I don't know, man. It's just been it's been it's been frustrating because I want the handicap to come down. Oh. And like that was the one time. Like every time I've entered a score, it's either stayed the same or like gone slightly. Like I'm talking literally like point one, point two. Like I'm not not like I'm going up huge amounts each time. But I thought, I'm like, oh, this is going to be the one time I'm going to put a score in and it's going to actually go down this year. And then I look at my card after it gives me my pending that I'm going up. I'm like, why am I going up? And it's just like a, a 75 that I shot last fall. That's coming off. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Um, but, dude, glad to hear you're shooting in the 70s. That's going to be awesome when we play in some tournaments together this year. Oh, my God. You can we play some home. tournaments together this year? What are you talking about? Well, we've got uh, we've got the Easter Seals coming up Easter in Seals. September. Uh, the Curry Classic. We have the Curry Classic. Um, Don't we have another one that we're playing in this year too? Why do I feel like there's a third that is like new this year? I'm not sure. We're gonna have to get. Uh, oh, um, any plans June 25th? Want to golf in Waterford? Scramble June June 25th? July July. Uh. I don't know. Maybe what's Waterford? What's in Waterford? It's a tournament. I'm in Jackson. Waterbury or Waterford? Because one is a lot closer than the other. From, oh man, that's yeah. far. Yeah, no, it's a lot of commitment. I understand. We'll talk later. What um, course is in Waterford? It's probably Water. That's a good. Uh, Great Neck. 
Oh. Oh, I might be available. I've heard Great Neck's sick. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's where it would be. Um, yeah, we didn't talk about it. Um, yeah, I thought we had another tournament, too, for some reason. Yeah, I don't remember what it was that we were talking about. But, we'll, we'll but that's all right. We will... Uh, yeah. We will get back to uh, we'll get back to some uh, matchups soon. We we're, we're gonna get out to TPC. It looks like July is kind of getting away from us. It might be early August that we get out to <clears throat> River High. That's fine with me, man. I feel like my July is just absolutely slim, but we, we can talk about that off air as well. That'll happen. Um, you know what I did want to talk to you about is how do you? I feel like we need to do kind of like a mid-season, mid-year. Like a little like state of the union. Like how, how are you feeling about your game? How are you feeling about the goals that we kind of set for ourselves earlier this year? Like what we're what we're trying to get to? Like, do you feel like you're in a good spot now or making good progress, or do you just feel lost? Well, my handicap has been has gone down since the start of the year. So I mean, I guess I would have to say I'm in a better spot than I was. Yeah. But I'm not playing as much. I'm rarely put practicing um and i mean when i get out on the course my flaws i i know where my flaws are going to come from so it's i i kind of like slap a band-aid on it maybe to to shoot a good score a little bit but i uh i mean all things considered i've got I've got the stealth. I'm crushing fairways. I've got a beautiful new fucking fucking bag, tailor-made bag. It's just so sexy. Carolina blue. I've got the, the new pinned rangefinder. They also in Carolina blue. Also looks sexy as fuck. Magnetic just fucking sticks to everything you put it on to. Um, Go heels, baby. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> um, like I, the way I look on the golf course, minus my gut, dude, is amazing. Um <laughs> I've got uh, I've got the electric push cart that shit's just carrying my bag. Also good for the gut. Yeah, also, right, more, <laughs> more, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I suppose pushing is more arm, right? Like if I just walk, like I, yeah, I don't know. If true. Pushing weight is gonna whatever. Anyways, fucking maybe I should just eat better. Um, maybe less number fives and maybe shoot more birdies. Um, no, a That's better fair. line would have been like less number sevens with cheese. And maybe more threes because that rhymes. Well, dude, we could edit. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. Um, Leave it in. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, people have to know I have quips. I'm really <laughs> quick with it. Um, yeah, no, I wish my game was in a better spot, but for what I'm putting into it, and I hate to like say it like that, but I can't expect much more. I, I've noticed, I was talking to you off air about it. It's so funny the way I have a fade, how open my stance is now and I shoot and I play a fade. Whereas five years ago, I played a draw. And after we talked about it, I thought about it more as I was cutting the grass. Another thing about that was different with that, Kev, is I, ha- I used to have a strong grip, very much overlap. Yeah. And now I keep my thumb on like kind of even with the club playing a fade a a strong grip is very heavy with a draw a loose grip is very heavy with a fade so like those kind of like even incorporate into each other more so like i'm over like why don't you just do one of them because i'm a fucking mental midget bro and i don't know if you can say midget is it i'm a mental little person 
Mental little person doesn't even sound. You're a mental dwarf. Honestly, people who listen to this aren't going to fucking try to cancel us, so it doesn't matter. I don't think so. Um, I don't know if you could say dwarf. We don't really stand to lose that much. Dude, honestly, we should just say whatever the fuck we want. Bro, we're in the industry. You can't. Fuck the bitches. That's what I say. (laughs) Yeah, well, leave it in. And you know what? Leave it in. Yeah, they're scary. Uh, um, Tell them to come at me. You better have numbers so I can take you. Now I forget what I was going to talk. Oh, no. So I used to hit the ball so much farther when I played a draw with a, a stronger grip. Now my clubs are like two clubs different. There I go listening to the, was it No Laying Up? Um, I think it was No Laying Up. They were talking about spin rate. Or uh, you're probably that? talking about the sweet spot. Sweet spot. They were talking about spin rate. Yeah, we listen to them all here, guys. Yeah. Um, they were talking about spin rate, and they were talking about how much further the ball is going to go on a draw, whereas on a fade, like you'll be more accurate, but you're going to take so much distance off. And I'm like, that's what I do. That's what I do. And like, and then they go, well, if you're not hitting the ball in the center of the face, it's not going to make a difference. I was like, well, fuck you, bro. That's not going to help. I got the stealth. That bitch is center anywhere I hit it. That's true. That's true. Have you was I talking to you about the new stealth uh, driving irons and like oh, hybrid yeah. irons? Oh, it's, for you, it's for you. It's for you. I want one. I need it's for one. you. I might, I, dude. They're only two hundred fifty bucks, bro. I you've made more on your. I, I, you, I, hey, JT posted three goodbye, winning yeah. tickets in the last five weeks. I'm pretty yeah. sure you can afford a driving iron. By the way, subset a subtext right here, ladies and gentlemen. You want good picks? Fucking tune into Life in the Rough, the podcast. Mm. Even though Kevin the was really early on, the boys are hot. We hot. screamed about the postman last week. And if you didn't take him, I'm sorry. We can't do anything else for you. The postman was the play. You don't just get a plus 4,500 given to you on a platter every single week. And I, I I just don't know what else to say. I, I I will say I think the last tournament that one of us did not have a winner pick that won was whatever the tournament before the PGA Championship was, and the PGA Championship Brian was May sixteenth through May twenty second. I have my memorabilia cup sitting right next to me. That's how I know those dates right off the top of my head. Um, so since the week before May sixteenth, we. Either you or I or both of us have selected the winner. Oh, and and, uh, let's we'll go back to uh, middle of June. My brother-in-law, Colin, he listens to the podcast. He is a local brewer like uh, Polly. Polly Siggs is. He's also a local brewer. Yeah, we got we got brewers in the pod. Couple hoppy boys. Little hoppy boys. That's what we'll call them. The hoppy boys. He said, listen, man, any thoughts on who's winning the open? I was like, bro, I've got tons. Let me send you a screenshot. Scotty Scheffler like, or Justin Thomas? I said, listen, I like Rory, Cam Smith, Zalatoris, and Fitzpatrick. He said, thank you. He says, happy Father's Day on the 19th. I said, same to you. And on Monday, I said, hope you took my advice on Fitzpatrick. He said, I took all your guys outright and top five. So we won multiple ways, baby. Oh, for the U.S. Open. Yeah, but what I'm saying oh, is that the have been the consecutive going back in time. Back, 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 back in time. And listen, they got all fucked this at the Travelers. But we hedged, we hedged with Xander. You saw, yeah, I, I didn't, I tried to hedge when I was in fucking Cali. So that's right. Wrong state. Either way, 
Seth was looking f- so good for the longest time. Well, also, when you have him 100 to 1, I actually, so I looked back, I didn't have him 100 to 1. I took him early Thursday morning, and he must have already had a couple birdies, so I had him like 70 to 1, but still, like, for 20 bucks. Like, it, it wasn't like, uh, like I, I was in on Tagala. And with... Oh, being, I had him, like... I think I had like five on him to win like 750. Like I had good odds on him. <laughs> yeah, he was, I want to say he was over a hundred to one at, at some point. He must have been 140 to one or something. Right. Yeah. Whatever, yeah. Like, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, but going into the day, I was like, well, DraftKings gives you dog shit odds. Or like, well, cash out your ticket for 30 bucks. I'm like, well, that, yeah, yeah, sit on this, DraftKings yeah. and, and twist. Um, so then you got to ride it out. Wait till the winner hits a bogey or two so you can hammer him. Cause what's throwing a hundred bucks on the winner. If the guy that you have as a contender is going to win you, you know, $700, you right. like you're, you're making sure you're, you are winning money. And the last two weeks in a row, I am putting money back into my bank account out of DraftKings. Feeling great about it. We are hoping this train continues. Hell yeah. We're going to keep on riding it. We're going to keep on riding. I like our odds. I mean, I think between the two of us, we have a really good, I think we have a good head on our shoulders. I don't think either of us have a good head on our own shoulders, but I would say when you put the two of us together, we're, we're pretty decent people. Yeah. I mean, I am a mental vertically challenged person. I think that is probably the, the way we have to describe it. Vertically Wait. challenged. Oh, 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 vertically. Oh, I see. Hashtag midget. No, like, listen, I, I, I feel like, yeah. And w- before we wrap up, Kev, I feel like we have to talk live just real quick. I've just got, dude, did you watch live this weekend? I did not. Okay. So, well, so uh, I, like I, was I, around. Said, I didn't, right, have, well, like, I was, all I've done is consume content this weekend because I've had nothing still, else to do. Did they still have the ticker at the bottom that said how many people are watching? Oh, I did not even notice that. On, in the first, they, might have. they had, and it was only like when I was watching, because the most they got in one feed was like a hundred thousand. And I remember yeah. watching it. It was early morning. So I wasn't like judging them, but it was like 30,000. I was like, that is kind of crazy. I was like, I wonder how much people watch the golf channel. Yeah. But- I, I'm, I'm sure not that many people are watching the, the live golf, but I will say, so I watched it pretty much. When I turned it on on Saturday, it they had 13 holes to play. So I watched the majority of the tournament on the last day of it. Okay. And honestly, dude, like it it was like exciting to watch. Like I think it was just like it was a good tournament in the sense that there was a few guys in contention for a good portion of the time. Um, I'm trying to remember who fucking won. Brandon so, Grace. Let me stop you. So Brandon, so Brandon Grace won. Listen to this. So Brandon Grace has won $6.5 million in two live events, and he yes. won $12 million on the PGA Tour in however many fucking starts he's had. Like, right. 100. Exactly. Or but what? So, what, first of all, <laughs> well, Brandon Grace is also playing against Huford Humphreys. And Nick Spencer and Ricky Lede and Brooks and Kepka and Dustin Johnson and Louis Oosthuizen and all these other guys too. No, like, no, I, you like, stopped after Louis Oosthuizen because you ran out of guys that were good. You come on. No, there's some other good like fucking Abe Ant. Like, dude, there. Listen, like, don't get me wrong. Like, there's some shitty guys on the Abe Ant. Right? Like, I'm me. not trying to defend the Live Tour by any means. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying this tournament 
was actually so like I I watched some of the first tournament and I found this one way more entertaining. What I was going to say though is my biggest takeaway from Live is that the fans that are on site are so much different than they are as PGA Tour fans. So like picture you if you them? like it was real like dude. So Brandon Grace was leading for like the last eight holes, and every time that it got up to be his shot. If he like wasn't in the middle of the fairway, it was more like in a crowd or if it was like a huge shot or whatever, there were a shitload of like, let's go Brandon chance going on to the point that it was just getting to be like, it, it got old because like, that's all you kept hearing kind of thing. But like, you, you don't really hear that type of shit on the PGA tour. They were, they like were yelling Gilmore. They were yelling. Wait, what do you say? It's like happy Gilmore out there. Yeah, it's more like that. So, like, I think that's the interesting thing about live is that, like, the it almost seems like there's less rules out there, like, for the fans and like the guys seem the the players seem to like it. Like, it's a less stuffy environment, which I think is kind of what they're going for. But it's almost like I don't know, like it's like NASCAR fans at a PGA event kind of thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's no, it's kind I, I of think that. Like I, it's it's cool, but it's it's kind of too much. Like I, I feel like they can find a little bit of a happy medium with what they're going for, but it is a very different environment. And like the guys love it. Like so, like Brandon Grace is walking down eighteen, and he's playing with DJ and um, Carlos Ortiz, um, and they're kind of mic'd up. Like you can hear the guys like talking to each other. And like, honestly, the entire time, like you see all the players just like chatting it up with each other and just like, like they normally would, because you hear them talking. Because it means nothing. Well, I mean, they're playing for a shitload of money, but like, they're just like walking down and like Brandon Grace is winning by like three strokes, like walking down 18. Like he hit the middle of the fairway, like he's winning the tournament or whatever. But like, so DJ's team, their team is in first place. So they're going to win or whatever. So like, they're just walking down the fairway and they're mic'd up and they're just talking about it. They're like, he's like, Oh dude, like I didn't even realize like, he's like fucking so-and-so was like, I thought he was like two over earlier in the day or whatever. He must've like had a great rounder. And there's like talking about the team aspect of it as they're walking down the fairway. So it's like, it's a little bit more personal, but it's also a little bit more like candid. I would guess I would say like, I, I think it. I think it's going to get a little bit more traction than people think. I guess is kind of. I mean, Pat Perez shot in eighty, and made right. nine hundred thousand dollars. Right. Exactly. Did you see the interview afterwards with like the winning team? It was uh, Pat Perez, DJ Taylor Gooch, and Pat Reed, and they were asking Taylor Gooch about like he compared it to the Ryder Cup. He's like, "Well, I've never yeah. played in a Ryder Cup. What but I mistake. can't imagine it was that different." And Pat oh. Reed and DJ right next to him just turned around and started laughing. Yeah. <laughs> he he said, "I never I've never played in a President's Cup or a Ryder Cup, but I can't right. imagine there's much of a difference." And it's like, dude, the Live Tour has been around for like a 100 fucking holes and you've right. been like the Ryder Cup's been around a 100 fucking years. And like, no lie, that's legit. And you've also never earned your way onto one. So like for you to compare that and for players like Patrick Reed and Dustin Johnson have, who have been a part of it, it's pretty funny. And then subsequent to that, Justin Thomas was in an interview earlier this week at the pro-am. Yeah. And he, he, he brought it up. He's like, well, you know, it's, 
it's not like the Ryder Cup, but uh, you know, like it's just, dude, you're gonna make yourself look like a douchebag when you make comments like that. And additionally, I learned a little bit more about Taylor Gooch. So Gooch went to play in the first live event, and he was just like, "Yo, this is, I'm just gonna play in this event. No big deal." He didn't get like Saudi money to go play there. He didn't resign from the PGA tour. So they fucking kicked him out. He didn't get a paycheck from the Saudis. And now he doesn't have a way back to the PGA tour. And he's like a top 15 player, top 20 player in the world. OWGR, but he'll be out of any major competition by the time the next major comes around, not the one in two weeks, but um, are you? What do you say? He doesn't get a check from the Saudis. Are you saying he just didn't get a deal, or he didn't get paid for the first event? He didn't get no, no. So he got paid to like be like to play in the event, but he didn't get like a. a he didn't get like a Patrick Reed to oh, hey, come right, to right. our tour. So like, bro, as at your age, you just kind of. He was like calling their bluff, and they weren't bluffing. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, I don't. I I just think, and he said in press conferences after, like. I didn't think it was a big deal. I thought I could just play here and then play there. But like, you didn't get the fucking memo. Like, this was pretty, like, people have talked about this for a long time, Mr. Gooch. Like, right. Um, so I'll sum it up like this. From what I've seen of Liv, especially the second event, being in the States too, like being in the States versus being in London is very different compared to the PGA. So what's the, the age old, not the age old, but like last like 10 years, the big argument in golf Music on the course or no music on the course? Live golf is music on the course and PGA tournament is no music on the course. And like, let's, let's channel it down to Jay Monahan and Greg Norman. Jay Monahan's just the guy that's grumpy because he hears music over on the course. This past weekend at live Norman was literally up in his tower with a beer over the edge, pouring it 20 feet down into some guy just like, Bro. Leaning back down. Got- like it's just a to- dude, it's like lawless. It's so like you, you have to watch a little bit of it sometime too, because it's well, so no. funny. And, to watch. And I'm, not, I'm not against watching it. Um, we weren't yeah. around, so I, I just wasn't able to because obviously being in the industry, I'd like to learn a little bit about what's going on. But honestly, that's the only reason I also, watch some of it, just so I have some context. But but let's put it this way. Um Jay Monahan works for the players. Like the where oh yeah like whereas Roger works for himself works for the owners right right every other CEO works for shareholders you would be kicked off of your board of representatives the second you started feeding your employees beer during a company outing if if you will. Like it's just not oh, professional. Oh, like, yeah, it looks like a joke. No, I agree. They like everyone. Um, it was a fan, to, by to, the way. Um, I'm not saying it was one of the players. They they want to compare it to um, F1 because apparently the Saudis did the same thing with F1. I hear the same comparison. Well, it's just like F1, F1, F1. Well, it's fucking golf, okay? It's not I, F1. I, that's what yeah. I don't like. Like the whole champagne shit that they do at the end. It's like they're spraying each other with champagne. Like that's what I I'm like, dude. Like this is not F1. Like that's Pat Perez, you shot an eighty. You're a loser. You should right. not be up on stage. No, I think I think the team aspect's dumb for that part. Only because like someone can be so shitty and you're still on the winning team. Um. 
but the like let's put them on podiums like all that is is for consumers to be like oh my god look at how crazy this is let's tune in where do we tune in well it's oh not on yeah TV. so yeah i think the big thing is like they're not targeting golf fans they're targeting people that are sports fans that aren't golf fans you know what i mean like golf like the pga tour already has fans they're trying the to tap into like the you know what i mean <laughs> what was that i said the south yeah more or less like that's that's literally what it is like it's it's just like it's so different man like it like there was parts of it that i was watching it i was like wow this is very entertaining then there was parts of it i was watching i was like this is like kind of like hard to watch or like awkward to watch because it's just so different but um i i I do think like what somewhere in between the two is like really going to be a happy medium and it's going to be kind of like it's going to be like a really I think golf can be a lot more than it is. And like, I don't think live is the answer. And like, I think the answer is definitely way closer than what the PGA tour is. Like uh, I'm not a live, I'm not like a live nut. Like I know I sound like, like I argue like the live side, like between you and I, but like, I think I've also just, I've just like seen more of it. Cause I've like watched both of the events and like not all of the events, but well, there's only been two. Like, so you you have seen all the events. Well, yeah, I, I, guess I'm, I'm, I guess what I'm saying is like, I haven't watched like all three. I've watched like half a day of each event. Kind right. of, you know what I mean? So like I've kind of seen what they are. And like I think there's good things to be taken from Liv, but I also feel like, I don't know, like the, the PGA Tour is the PGA Tour, man. Like you're not going to do anything about it in my opinion. No, I, I agree. And I also, I, I just like you, I love to play devil's advocate either way. Like, oh, yeah. I could, I could strongly believe in something and be like, all right, if you take that side, I've got nine reasons that I could see why someone would argue against it. Like that is fucking amazing banter. And that's what I love about it. Um, yeah, no, I think there's, there are great things about the Live Tour. Um, I think the the scoreboard is probably my favorite and i know that probably sounds like i'm not giving them much credit but i it, it really annoys me that like when you bet on a lot of top 20s top 10s like things like that they'll show you like the top four fucking names and you're just like yo you have all this extra screen and like you'll do like yeah don't um, make me open my espn app right now yeah, like, God damn. I, I, i'm over on my data like I, you already do like split screen. Like you won't even like take away golf from commercials. Like you'll just do like split screen for that. You can't give me some fucking split screen on the leaderboard so I can check my bets. Um, right. I, listen, that's certainly a smaller audience that they're probably catering to there. But I think that's somewhere they could um, kind of work on. I think having more tournaments with a limited field would be more attractive um and i'm not saying yeah. like a ton like you need the lonto griffins and the fucking david lipskis of the world scott stallings to get their fucking chance the jt postons so they can fucking win but i think if not saying majors but like more like the wgc's were always like an exclusive fucking event like the top guys went and played it it, <laughs> it was the event um now yeah well that's what was that's what they're doing next now. year like you you saw right. the stuff that they've released yeah right? they're gonna like they're just doing like a mini live tour next well, <laughs> well they're just adding money to events that are already there and they're ending the fedex cup in september so the players don't have to play in october i mean i think it's a great idea like, they're doing a they're doing a mini series that you essentially have to qualify for over the over the course of the year. Like, I think that makes a perfect amount of sense. Like play four events of like the top 50 guys in the world. It's like, 
that like that is the exact happy medium that I think we were just talking about right there is like that little mini series at the end of the year of the PGA tour next year, where it's going to be the top 50 guys that qualified through the FedEx cup standings over the course of the year that played the best golf or the 50 best players in the world. And they're going to have their own little mini series where they can make a lot of money. And I think that's going to be awesome golf to watch. I mean, the, the kind of fact of the matter is, is like, if you're good, you'll make money. 100%. And like, or if you're not and, good, go to live and make money. <laughs> well, so, and, yeah, and like, dude, I think, like, it was, like, I realize there are 100 takes on this already, and I don't want to sound sour, but like, did you hear Billy Horschel talk shit about, um, oh, who, it was, was it Pat Perez who said that he couldn't make it to his son's birth? Um, I, I think it was Pat Reed who was talking about how no. like he like no no no, no, oh, no he couldn't no, make no, it to no. his son's birth. Yeah, no. So it uh, was Pat. Per- if you thought of it, it was a Pat, then I'm definitely going to go with Pat Perez. So he said like it was the Wyndham Championship, which is like top 125 get in, and he was at like 73rd, and he was like I had to play in this tournament, and I couldn't like go see my uh, son be born. And everyone, everyone was like, bro, first of all, you were already in the next tournament. Like you, right. you didn't have to play. You don't, and you, you don't have, excuse me. Oh, oh, geez, geez, Louise. Um, you don't have to play in any fucking tournament, bro. Right. Like, no, I, I'm sorry. You were invited and you can make hundreds of thousands, if not millions to, to play here, but no, bro, you don't have to play here. You can fucking take a charter Delta United Southwest fucking jet blue pick one go the fuck home there were none out of jersey really jersey right next to jfk you couldn't get a fucking flight out of jfk to anywhere in the country sorry bro i don't believe it these guys just spit fucking these false narratives abraham answer said he joined live because he wanted to spend more time with his family bro has no kids or no wife like what what do you what are you hanging out with mom and dad right your cousins and don't get me wrong, I love my cousins. I fucking love my cousins. But I'm not saying going to my boss on Friday, yo, I, honestly, I'm going to quit. I'm going to go to this other company. I need to spend t- more time with my family. My cousins, actually. Just right. My well, that's why like, I feel like, like I like how JT is just like calling everybody out. Say it. They're like, just like, just like, say it. Like, dude, like if I was going to, like, yeah, they're going to pay me a shitload of money. Of course I'm going to go there. Like, so like Pat, Pat Perez was saying, he was like, dude, he's like, dude, like I've been on the road since 98, which like, I, I do get it. Like a lot of the guys are sure. more like, that's how they survive. Like, he, like he's the definition of a guy that just like grinds it out. He makes cuts. He, he cashes checks, goes home. And it's like, he's not living like, listen, like Pat Perez has plenty of fucking money. Like I wouldn't say he's living like, he's not living like Tiger. He's not living that no, life. He's a millionaire. Like, he a com- multi-millionaire. Yeah. He, he, yeah he, he lives a comfortable life. And like, for those guys, like, I feel like Liv makes sense for, like, those guys like, at the tail end of their career. But, like, for the Taylor Gooches and, like, the Abe Answers, like, the young guys that, like, could have, like, a, like a storied career on the PGA Tour. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, Pat I wouldn't Brown. sell out that young person. I, actually, I don't know, though, because, like, coming out of college, if somebody's like, oh, hey, you want 50 Easy. million? You know what? Fuck yeah, I do right. want 50 million. No, you're, Let's you're do that. Because right. for all I know... I might not make a cut in the next five years. Then I'm going to be flipping burgers in five years. So like, well, fuck Pat, Pat Perez was like, the PGA tour is hard. It's like, it well, is. So is life, bro. Yeah. So like, when, 
I go into work tomorrow. Honestly, dude, like, can you find me another job that pays me like 10x? Like, this this is hard. Well, dude, think like Tommy. I want to make more Tommy money. Fleetwood is one of the best work. golfers in the entire world. He's a top 50 golfer in the world. He lost his PGA Tour card last year. The PGA Tour is hard. Like, I'll, I'll give it, it to is. these guys. We, it, we, it's tough. Like, Mike Ballow talked to about us firsthand. About exactly. Like, it. listen, like, there's you 25 put me... guys a year that lose their card. It, but the guys that we talk about aren't guys that have to worry about losing their card for the most no. part. For the most part. No, I agree. But, like, uh, but like, also, like, when it comes down to it, like, losing your card versus making a shitload, like, Losing your or having your card doesn't guarantee you're going to make ten million dollars or anything like that. You know what I mean? But it's like you could have your know you're going to have your card for the next five years, or you could just go to live for the next five years and make two hundred like Phil. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's I, like when you're way on the two side. Like I, I I understand and like I do like PGA more and like PGA means more to me and watching that event means more to me. But like, if I was a player, like oh, I can make, go make 200 million in the next five, or I could maybe make 10 in the next five. Like I'm just going to go make 200 and then I'm going to retire and I'm going to go do whatever the fuck I want. Um, I think it was Gray McDowell is on live, right? Yeah. Yeah. He came He's, he's been like, like very controversial. I haven't seen much. Bro, of he's like, lately. I can't look at myself in the mirror. Like he, he said that like I, and it must be so true. Like, think about it. if you've played on the same in the same league on the same tour with the same guys for the past 15, 20 years, and then they all look at you as a piece of shit, sell out. Like they, they might not say it to your face, they'll say it in the media, and like they might not text you about it. they might be cordial when you text or whatever, but like you know everyone thinks that about you, regardless of how much is in your bank account, because you can only spend so much, right? So like when you have to continue living it day by day and then hearing it in these press conferences, like it doesn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me if more people come out and be like, yo, I wish I didn't do this. Like the money isn't worth feeling like a bag of dicks. Yeah. I peers. feel like maybe not. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day though, I feel like everybody's like way too like combative, combative about it. And just like, I don't know, like you and I met because we work together and we don't work together anymore. It's not like I hate True. you because you went to some other company. You know what I mean? Like it's, well, it's like shit but, like that, dude. Like I understand that like, I don't know, man. Like it's it's just like everything else in the world. Everything's becoming way over politicized. And it's just like well, it's getting ridiculous. No, and and I completely agree with you. And right, like you, you and I, I feel like got so much closer after we worked together. Um right. but so the 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 only thing about this golf situation is like these players are gonna be banned from tournaments. If they sue the PGA tour, they're suing Rory McElroy, they're suing. Sahith Tagala. They're su- like it yeah. they work for the players, whereas the NFL is an owner. So like you'd sue teams. Like yeah, but that su- goes both ways. Like if like if the PGA tour is banning them, they're you know what I mean? Like so that's it, kind of a double-edged sword. Well, I I mean, I don't think that when a commissioner makes decisions, like he asks every player in the PGA tour, like what he thinks. Like, I think Jay Monahan's firing at the hip. And if there's no, but I think the him, players have to do by it. him doing that, he's making them, he's making the players that went to live respond to the PGA as a whole, which in turn reflects upon the PGA's players too. You know what I mean? So it's like it reflects on them, yeah, but it, it's not necessarily their beliefs. 
So like, right. but so they could be held up and like, say you're on the PGA tour, you're uh, Will Zalatoris and the PGA tour gets sued by the Saudis for $300 million. PGA tour has only got like 250 in their reserves. And you're like, yo, what the fuck? Like is, is my future on this tour now fucked? Because like, it's just, it's wild to think that like, it could be that destructive. Yeah. No, I, I see what you're saying. I, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like Liv is only going to be around for the amount of time that they have currently planned kind of thing. Like, it's not like a business five-year model. Plan. It's <laughs> literally, plan. Exactly. Like, it's not a business model that's going to sustain. And the only way that Liv is successful long-term is if the PGA Tour just crashes and burns, in my opinion. And that's not going to happen. Agreed. I think it, so as long as they the outlast the next five years, like Liv's going to be gone and it's just going to be right back to how it is. And like the guys that are on Liv are either going to be retired or they're going to be begging to come back, yeah. essentially. You know what I mean? I think, and like honestly, like over the next year or two, I feel like things are going to change between the two. Like I think, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what's going to happen, but I feel like the PGA responded very, not aggressively, but like, well, the ownership stake in the, the DP tour was kind of an aggressive play. Yeah, I agree. I, either way, I don't think Liv's going to be long-term, and I think that in turn is just going to allow like things to go as like quid pro quo kind of thing. Yeah. Liv is just going to fizzle out. No, and I, I completely agree with you. I think it's going to be something that we have to see how it fizzles out. But either way, Liv aside, like I think whatever Liv does, I think it'll be good for the – in some ways, it'll be good for the game of golf, whether it's. I think a, it will have a, a positive impact on the PGA. Overall. Yeah, I think it might be less tournaments that are more focused on the better players, whereas like the, the majors are so great because the best players play there. The players championship is so great because you always get the best competition there. Like if you concentrated that to 12 events a year that would be so much better and then let other players like gain their status, do more corn fairy stuff, like develop the game on the DP tour. But what's tough is when you have 48 scheduled fucking PGA events with CBS and NBC for the next 10 years already, like they schedule these bitches out years in advance. It might not be 10, easily five yeah. years in advance um, for contract rights, but it's a tough, like how do you start taking away revenue? Like that's, that's the tough thing. And we're, right. We're I think if you could implement some team type aspect into it too, that would go a long way for the PGA tour as well. Yeah. Or I mean, even if they just like, for, just from a fandom purpose and like bringing money into the tour. So I'm not against like, if you had a season long team aspect, I, yeah, I don't as a yes. tournament wide team and also like the way they do it, like they, they made up their own draft. They just put people on different teams. Like it, the, whatever team Dustin Johnson on, like they've got to be minus 1000 every, every event, like their team is hands down has the best players. Like, and they just like were put on that team. It was like, we've got 48 players, 24 of them were drafted. Now you guys can just draft Chase Kepka and the fucking rest. Like, right. Exactly. Yeah. No, um, it's, I don't know, man. I'm curious to see how it all pans out. Like we're, we're only two events into the whole live thing. And oh. I feel like it's already like, 
I'm excited. Even like event one to event two, I feel like it's like a different perspective on the entire situation. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's been uh, it's been interesting. I don't really I don't think it's going to be a long term thing, but I'm, I'm just going to enjoy it while it's here. Um, but yeah, this has been Life in the Rough. I'm Kevin O'Coin. And I'm Brian Ackley. We will catch you next week with all sorts of controversy, hot takes, and hoo And hopefully a winning ticket, too. See you. Peace.